What is up, everyone? Welcome to this rare Monday edition of A Certain Point of View. I am Jillian. I am here with my co-host. I'm the host for the evening, which is different. You are. I know, which is a little different around here in Certain Point of View, but I'm here with my host, uh, Brian. How are you doing, man? How's your Monday? I'm so excited. I know. Uh, literally, <laughs> I, today, from the second we stopped hosting yesterday to now, has been a hot mess. Literally, guys, the second... We stopped podcasting yesterday. This whole side of my glasses fell out. So I looked like a pirate. Uh, and so I'm very glad to be able to actually see what's going on today. And well, uh, see you and you don't <laughs> have tape all over your face. It's great. I, it, yeah, they were glasses were taped. I was looking horrible. I <laughs> probably would have done it without glasses and been like, yeah, so how are you guys doing? No. Looking that way. Well, so, I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad yeah. you got some new glasses. And we have, I'm so excited for this guest, one of my favorite people in the Schmodown. And we are so lucky to grab him. And we were talking a little bit beforehand. And we're lucky to grab him in this busy schedule that he has. Because apparently he is... The hardest working man in Hollywood. The hardest working man in show business, apparently. He needs an assistant just to handle his calendar. Uh, so we're going to bring him in right now. We have the manager of the quirky Mercs, Mr. Koi Jandrew. Hello, I would love hello. Assistant, if that's an option, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm sure I, I will sign up. I am very organized. I will keep your calendar. <laughs> it is dense. I've made decisions. I regret none of them, but man, oh man, did I double stack. Oh my God. Thank but you for I mean, this on a Monday. I appreciate y'all. Of course, of course. We're never going to say, we're, we're like, here, here's when we're available. We're not going to say like, oh no, Sarah, we don't do it on Mondays. No, yeah. No. We, we will make the exception so we can get you on this show. Honestly. Yes. So glad to have you. So stoked. And yeah, continuing on with that conversation, you are a busy man, even during quarantine. What you got going on, Koi? I just decided that if we're going to be stuck, we should all come out of this at least twice as good as we went in. So I've added like learning things. I've added multiple podcasts. I've like doubled down on my Patreon responsibilities. I moved. <laughs> So this is actually, you guys are my first, uh, this is my first show. In Ooh, so honored. This is very blank. This will be covered very soon. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I'm we like, I, by, and we can tell by the amazing internet you have right Look now. Look at that. I know. Look, I can hear and see. I, this is, <laughs> it, I've, 2020 is finally, I'm in it now that it's all yes. next week. Like I'm, I'm here. Um, but yeah, I just, I doubled down on my Patreon and I've, I've been really connecting in, uh, I'm trying new things out on the internet. I'm actually doing almost a show a night on my YouTube starting in August. So I'm wow. trying to do five shows a week and then all my audio podcasts, which is three. And then uh, also the Schmodown responsibilities, which are ample. So I, uh, I don't like free time, but I said yes, perhaps <laughs> too much. Oh, and I'm doing a con August 15th and 16th. Um, I'm doing, yeah, like Donnie Cates and a bunch of other folk are doing this, uh, this big old con with me, which is all digital. I'm very excited about So details on that are coming but uh yeah it's been it's been a summer already and people are like i'm just watching movies i started west wing and community in march at the start of quarantine i'm on season four of community and season four of the west wing and that's all i've literally not finished one show yet oh my god <laughs> i finished too many i see i rewatched <laughs> avatar the last airbender I've, i just got into doctor who for the first time and so now we're just on the 50th anniversary episode so i'm getting through I'm getting through some no. stuff right now. I'm watching. I okay. I, I'm. I'll lie. I. I did say I, I've been watching actual movies, but I haven't. 
<laughs> you watched Star Wars movies for a while. I, That's what you should sure watch. And I'm glad we stopped because <laughs> I was getting sick of watching two Star Wars movies a day. It's a little much. That's a lot of Star Wars. That's a, a lot, lot of, of Star Wars. A lot of space skirmishes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, obviously there's the two of us, but we do have both of our friends in here. So, Molly, there's Molly. Molly Damon, our fellow co-hosts who couldn't make it tonight, but are still showing their love. Enjoy. The best promos in the game, Molly, tip, tip of the hat. I know. I know. She went after Brandon Hanna last night, and it was pretty she did. Awesome. She did. So, oh I'm so glad I'm a quirky Merc, because all the drama, it's just as on brand for me to engage as not. And I really oh, I yeah. like that position and my place in the Schmodown. I just go like, ah, look at them go. Yeah, oh, 100%. And that's totally perfect. And then speaking of the Kirky Mercs, I just kind of want to slide into the little Schmodown chat because, of course, that's why we're here. Talk, you were talking about Schmodown. What got you into the Schmodown in the first place? I know for a lot of people, it's like they knew Christian their entire life or they just happened to work for Collider. How did you get into this crazy little movie trivia community? So it was a combination of knowing Christian and passing because uh, some of the first places I hosted were over at AfterBuzz, which is, uh, I did Marvel Movie News over there, and that's actually where the Schmodown started. The, the original sets and location I saw because I was in a studio like two doors down doing Marvel Movie News. Um, so way back in the day, seven or eight years ago, uh, we were filming in a, in a studio that was like adjacent to another. And then um, through time, I did movie fights, and I'm very good at movie fights and so sure, i can totally see that <laughs> oh it's my like i argue if i had no soul i'd be the best lawyer and have so much money <laughs> like if i had no code i would be so rich by how dare people. you have a moral code coy jandrew how dare I just you can't lie um <laughs> so i i uh, i opted to movie fight instead which is a much more profitable career i tell you what um but i i got into movie fights so christian assumed i'd be good at the showdown but the, my strengths in, in the movie fight arena and my strengths in the Schmodown are mutually exclusive. There's a very small Venn diagram. Um, <laughs> the rapid retention does not come to me when the lights are on, but I can argue my ass off. So there you go. I'm very good at the fighting, but I can't, I like, I'll forget Thor's name when I'm, when I'm Schmoing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So he asked it. me to come Schmodown, down and I had a great time. I beat Mike Kalinowski. I should have retired. <laughs> Um, and then I, I did a couple more matches, did even worse, and then realized, hey, I love the spectacle, I love the storylines, I'm very good at curating uh, the information. Like, I know this stuff, I just don't know it when I need to know it. So I'm a great manager. That's fair. You are. And speak, speaking of great manager, you have some of yes. your people in here. The most on duo in the Oh, we're going to get into it. We're going to oh, definitely we are gonna get into it. Talk. We're definitely going to get into it. But, and so, so you saying that you, you work perfectly in the mold as a manager. We love seeing you. We have had many talks that you are definitely a contender for manager, the, uh, manager of the year in yes. many people's eyes, ours included. Um, so when you, with the season, how it all came to drafts, how what was your mindset in drafting your players like because i know for kaiser it's who does he want to grab a beer with on a saturday what was your what was your yes Yes. well my number one draft pick is obviously right here yes Yes. always always Um, my my idea cats always make sure you see their butt first Um, (laughs) my my number one idea was that i wanted these to be people that i could be in the trenches with uh, I wanted to be able to be along every point of the road 
that includes losses. Uh, you know, we're going to lose some matches, and I wanted to make sure that I, I was comfortable enough with these folk that I could be there to console them as well as cheer them on. Because I think a coach is only as good as his worst player, and I think a coach is only as good as his best speech when they're losing. You know, like those courtroom, like courtroom moments need to be just as good in public and in private. Mm-hmm. And I think that like those halftime speeches and movies have to be just as good when you're down or up. Um, so I wanted all of my players to be people I was comfortable with. And I didn't really like do it by statistics. I did it by a combination of uh, how I see the world and how they see the world and how we kind of the beer thing, but a little bit more than that. Um, like I get the beer thing. I also would want to have players on my team who I would like to grab a beer with. But Yeah. Like when I watch an Aaron Sorkin thing, uh, my brain hears the dialogue. Like my internal monologue is like that. So all of my players feel like they speak my language. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to show them something they didn't see in themselves. So, you know, John and Greg didn't think they'd do well in the intergeekdom. And I was like, guys, this is your world. You just haven't played in it yet. And then they were incredible. And and I feel like Perry is going to be a monster. And, and so she's so motivated. Uh, Haley as well. Like when we get to teams, I got like... Everyone is bringing a different strength. There's so few redundancies in, in my team. And I got 10 of the 13 people I made on my list. Wow. Like, I got almost everybody I set out to draft. Wow. That's, that's impressive. That's that's amazing as a manager to go in there getting, what, like 95% of the people you had on your list? That's incredible. I knew I wanted Shazam, and I knew that would be the, the you know, the people people were looking to grab. But yeah. I think I got all first-round draft picks. I stand by all 10 of my people being number one. And, I, and that's, that's how I hope they feel. Uh, and that, yes. that's how I hope the faction uh, receives my direction. Um, and I also feel like they all have different strengths, so they all, all are, like, number one in that category. Yes, very mm-hmm. much so. Oh, look at it. What's Hello, up? The, the number two <laughs> Kevin Smith fan in the Schmodown. Uh, oh my gosh can we uh, well before we get into that since we are on the subject of the real rejects and you did kind of bring it up uh, talking about your managerial uh stuff were you the one who suggested they join ig or did they come to you in regard to that oh no i i i was very um i didn't say they had to but i made it pretty clear that <laughs> friendly I push they did um yeah we we talked as a faction and that's another thing about the faction is uh i i think i've told the story once before but um on draft night i was asking the faction members i'd already drafted who they thought should be next i was running around if there's any bts of the comedy store i'm literally popping over to bibs to the kid once i drafted uh, greg i was literally running in between the rows talking to them as i was drafting because it's a family So it wasn't just my decision to make. I want to make sure they're comfortable with everyone. That way they can DM them. They can train together. They can be there for each other. Because if I get busy, I need to make sure my team is just as strong. So when we were doing the actual draft itself, it was all of that. And from that day, I wanted the Real Rejects to compete in the Intergeekdom because every conversation I have with those guys is, it lands on Intergeekdom stuff. Like that's where the conversation goes. So I knew they knew it. I just... I didn't think they knew they knew it. And then they kind of played that way and kept getting like Greg's reactions are so real and authentic to him winning. Yep. And my reactions were also like, like <laughs> yeah. it, it, was, it was exactly how I saw it back in January. 
And I always wish I we would talk about this too. I wish there was like a manager cam so we can see your guys' reactions during all of this stuff because I can just imagine you just going, ha, ah, like just so excited for all of your players because they're all doing so great. I, literally everyone you've drafted that we have seen compete so far, I have been in love with. And the real rejects, I am obsessed with. And I'm going to say it on record right now. I think they are the new wild berries. And I am going to be so upset if they are not drafted together next season. It's going to be just as heartbreaking. No secrets if you don't want to. <laughs> we uh, we definitely made sure the the wildberry uh, spirit lived on, and I, I really think that. Thank you. The moment I knew I had both of them because it was you know I had to draft six, and then I knew I wanted John, so I had to like you know tread carefully and i knew they were slept on so that's why they were so late because i i thought that was going to work out and then i was accurate in them being slept on and how they play but at the same time i i was more excited to do promos than like matches at points this season because of how funny they are oh like my gosh john's uh shower well, video was so oh funny. my god like i saw <sighs> something the ridiculous like me in the, in the shower thing because I saw like, you know, the, the thirst tweets from um, Jeff Goldblum. And I was like, how do I up that? Like, what do I oh. do? <laughs> uh, I, all the thirst from over here. When I when we were doing a live reaction, I was going, so first we see you punching a punching bag. And then we see you climbing out of the shower. I see I you. One of my favorite memes is, <laughs> no, one of my favorite memes is you laying on the stage with your shirt halfway open. <laughs> and it's just you literally going like this. It's the best. <laughs> I've seen that pop up on non schmodown threads twice, and both times I was like, what could people have possibly thought this was? Like, right? this is amazing, but someone saying, wait, I know this, with the, uh, the unbuttoned leaning guff goblin is just, yes, thank you, internet. So funny. Thanks, thank you. But I, uh, I, I thought, you know, escalating the thirst was the only, the only proper response, and uh, so I sent that to John, and his response is like this five-minute, comedic masterpiece the stuff that was cut is just as good as the stuff that made it it's just john's brilliant and i feel like greg is the best at live uh entrances and john's the best at digital so when you put them together like i love my rejects magic yeah. <laughs> i want to see i do want to see if there's like a cutting floor iron man sorry just calling it now oh i know oh i won't it's compete but <laughs> I think I'm the guy that got Kevin Smith in the showdown. So you did. If, you did. Like, is it knowledge or is it pure willpower? That, that that's the number one fandom here. And she, we need her. What? Whenever he comes live, she needs to be within a ten minute or ten foot radius of him, <laughs> just so we could hear her squeals in the background. <laughs> just going. I will say by the end of next week. Kevin will know exactly Rachel's love for him. I will. I will say. There you go, Rachel. On the agenda, and there's reason behind it. Ooh. Oh, oh my gosh. Now, speaking of the amazing Kevin Smith, how did you manage to get him on the Quirky Mercs? Which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest draft picks of all time. So excited. Free agency, him. not even a Free draft. Agency. Free agency. And you uh, managed one, to grab Kevin Smith. Fun. Um, I did a show with Kevin. Uh, he, he came on my show, Comic Book Shopping, um, mm -hmm. last year, and it was a dream. It was an honor because I, I love Kevin. His work helped shape my life. Uh, I, I will not even begin to argue that, that Rachel definitely knows more about Kevin Smith movies than me, but 
Uh, Mallrats is like an, an accidental biography. I, I was a kid that was obsessed with Stan Lee, that was at the mall way too much, that played Sega Genesis, that became a talk show host. So Kevin broke my life and like Brody, and I told him that and he's like, oh, you're way more likable than Brody Bruce. And I was like, oh God, this is the greatest moment I've ever had. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. <laughs> so Kevin's on my show and I, I've, I've watched all of his evening with Kevin Smith's. Um, he's actually one of the people that inspired me to be a talk show host because he was talking about the stuff I cared about professionally and I didn't know that was a thing you could do. I, I, I used to wear a, a Spider-Man shirt under my button-up Abercrombies and hide them at school. Like, I was a preppy kid that was like, shh, I'm really a nerd, don't tell the others. Um, so Kevin normalized that behavior. He made nerddom okay. He made it like a, a triumph. So when I saw him selling out Hall H and when I saw him doing tours, it inspired me to do what I do for a living. So when Kevin came on my show, it was one of the great honors of my life. And then we, we have to um, do B-roll of the actual comic books. If you know the show, there's footage of inside the comics and we go through the covers and there's a lot of like, you know, there's cuts. We don't have time on the day with talent to be like, hold on, we just need to flip through this comic real quick. So sometimes we need to like grab inserts to show the comic. So I need to get the material to the guest later, sometimes. Sometimes we can do it on the day, sometimes it takes. So Kevin lives in LA, so he had a, an evening with Kevin Smith happening, uh, sorry, a Fat Man Beyond happening two days later. So I was nice. like, hey, I'll just bring these to you at Fat Man. I'd never attended, but I was a fan. But I gotta play it cool, like Kevin can't know I'm a fan. Like, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll come to that show, don't worry Be about chill. it. So I'll be there. I get there and I leave a note on the desk and like it's the desk where people like put Funkos down to have them sign it and stuff. And I just say like, hey man, got your comics. Uh, let me know. And I, I like, I'll bring them up. You know what I mean? Like after the show, like I'll, I'll hand them over. He calls me up on stage. So oh, I do an episode of Fat Man, one of the only podcasts I actually, as a as an entertainer, watch. Because it's hard when you're doing 11 shows a week to watch any. Yeah. So it's, I'm now on one of the rare podcasts That's that I consume so and I'm like, cool. so then Kevin and I, you know, strike up a, a, a acquaintance friendship. I, I'd say friendship, but I don't want to overstate <laughs> the glory. Uh, but he, he and I are like acquainted now uh, because of both of our shows. And um, I, I just reached out to him. Uh, one of the spots since January that I wanted was Kevin. Like, since the Comedy Store, I've had Kevin on my mind. Oh, yeah. So when this all came together, I reached out to Kevin directly and asked him. And uh, he sent me that video a little while later. And the rest is, is now Schmodown history. Oh, my gosh. Did he have, did he know about the Schmodown beforehand? Or did oh, he's you been, like, him? He, he was not exaggerating what he said. He's been wanting to find a way into it for years. Like, it's just timing oh hasn't worked out or scheduling, like, He's a, he's a fan, like he loves this world. And another thing about my faction is I wanna make sure that I can show them the fun of movie trivia to the scale. So I'm really, I'm honored that Kevin, who's given me so much, I can show him something he's gonna love. This is competitive evening with Kevin Smithing. Like it's, it's <laughs> pop culture in a competitive nature. So I'm really honored that I get to show him something that's gonna make him so happy because he's done that for 25 years of my life. Yeah. I'm so excited to see how he, well, okay. A, how he does, B, just the excitement of him doing it is going to be such a joy to watch. Just because, like, uh, Sean's a big, huge, clearly is a big, huge Kevin Smith fan. And so we've seen, like, his stand-up, um, we've seen a bunch of his podcasts, and I can just, I can just tell he is such a, 
like that child at heart personality where when he's doing something he loves it just shines throughout the entire room so i'm so excited to see him just be in this and be excited to do it especially going against someone like chris jericho uh, i haven't gone up against roxy yet so oh, oh, that's, that's right of this. now roxy and i are way before schmodown friends i've known roxy mm. forever she was actually at doing marvel movie news and dc movie news and stuff so i've known roxy yeah. longer than anyone else in the schmodown and she's a Boston girl. Like, me and Roxy are very similar yep. in many ways. So the combination of it being my first match against Roxy, going up against Jericho, you know, introducing Kevin to this magical world, um, you know, managing Kevin Smith, which is just an honor because it's... <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I wrote a, a seven-page, like, skit of how to do an intro for comic book shopping that I wanted to do as like a trailer for it. And I was like, this is too, this is too much. But now I'm like, but promos in the schmodown. Hmm. The game has changed. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's, so it's kind of like, this match is kind of like a culmination of like your life in a way. It's like, you have Kevin Smith, you have Roxy Stryer, you're talking about movies and entertainment. It's like everything combined in a nice little neat little package. It's, it's like Deadpool was how I got into hosting and now knowing Rob Liefeld and then Kevin is how I got into like being accepting of being like talk show is not something you, when you're a kid, you're like, I'm going to be a talk show host. And Kevin yeah. showed me that was a thing. So two of my biggest fandoms are now people that I know in real life and I get to work with and like associate with. And that's why I think it's okay to work seven days a week. I think like, because I don't stop, these things get to happen. So every so often I get burnt out, but then I look back in the last month and I go like, oh, but this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, another 17 cups of coffee. Let's get back on the horse. Like there's there's just, yeah. if I slow down, then this all might go away. So I just don't believe in stopping. And I don't believe like hard work is how this happened and not like letting no's affect me. Because acting was just, auditioning is getting told no for a living and the occasional yes. And the entertainment industry is getting told no for a living and just hoping someone likes enough of your stuff that it turns into a yes in 10 years. I can't wait to be a 20-year overnight success when I'm hosting this night show. I can. I will be there in the audience the first night of your show. I'll okay. go, oh, Andrew's there. I'm going to be waiting that 12-hour line of that tonight show. And I will be There'll there. Be shower promos even then, I promise. <laughs> I am going to hold you to that. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to timestamp it. And I, when I get to that show, I'll be like, Coy, you said this. And you made NBC, it NBC, I have promised the people, and specifically Jill. Spidey's been here this whole time, but I don't know if you guys knew. Hey, Spidey. Well, someone, someone did ask... Uh, Hitman Houston. Is Spidey Cat the real manager of the Quirky Mercs? Uh, well, as you can see, he does a lot of the deep thinking. He does <laughs> most of the tactical. Like, I'm playing checkers, but this man's playing chess. So, uh, any of the good decisions that have been made, credit to him. Any of the poor decisions, probably me. Uh, <laughs> there was this whole thing when Spidey appeared in some of the promos that he was on catnip. This is literally just Spidey's vibe. Um... He's just the, the counter me because I'm so hyphy all the time. I need a cat that's like the most chill cat I have ever seen. He is. I follow his Instagram and he is literally the best. Like, <laughs> like he just, this is I not a real cat. I don't know it's a not. cat that you hold them like that for long periods of time without like freaking out. So, and he hopped in my lap and rolled over yeah. his back, let me scratch his belly, and now. 
that's amazing. I, I totally think when I first saw him on those promos, I was like, that cat is high on some nip right now. <laughs> He's Pretty the best. I'm the, I'm the proudest dad and the luckiest. Like I, I, sometimes I look at Spidey and I get so overwhelmed with love. I like quietly cry with happiness. And oh. that is why I'm afraid to have children. Because if this makes me feel that way, if something came out that was like in any way, I'm a super narcissist too. So if someone looked like me and I don't know if I'd ever, I'd have to quit all my jobs and just like coo over my children. Oh. It's just, it's dangerous because I do that with him. I've thought about canceling work because I wanted to play with my cat. If I have kids. Game over. Yeah. Uh, Jill, we have a super is the is the manager. We, oh, we, I'll believe it. Any bad right. decisions will go to you. Spidey Cat is the real mastermind behind the quirky mercs. <laughs> He's the secret third wheel reject. I oh, I like it. <laughs> so we do have we have some super chats. You want to bring them out to us, Brian? Yeah. So we do have one from Movie Fenobi, Um, and it says, "Hello there." In your best, you oh god. Okay, let me try it again. Sorry, it's supposed to be my best Obi Wan Kenobi voice. Uh, hello there. Uh, hello, fine people. Glad to see you found time to for a fellow Bostonian and an amazing Spidey cat. Have a great night. Spread love and show people they are important. Small things matter. All the best, Steve. And that is Movie Fenobi. Thank you, Steve. That guy's great. We so, love him. He's so great. So supportive of everybody in this community. Oh, look at that yawn. Oh my gosh. I oh, did I say super chat? Sorry, I meant Streamlabs. Yep. Thank you, Brian. It's because I watched Molly's thing, uh, her live stream earlier, and she says, Thank you for the super chat every time. So. Want to get us some super chats, though, guys? Hit that subscribe button so we can get to yeah, that. Yeah, while you're there. Get those super chats. But so, yeah. speaking of the entertainment industry, you did mention that Kevin Smith helped mold your love for entertainment. Deadpool helped mold your love for entertainment. How did you get into the entertainment industry? I feel like you have so many loves for it. What was the, what's the bread and butter? How did you get into all this? Uh, so I, I was an actor boy. Um, I grew up wanting to be an actor and then I was, I was SAG as a kid and like did acting in Boston. And I did stunts for a while while I was in between ages where I was like, not quite a that. CW teenager at 20, but not quite <laughs> like work. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was a stuntman for like seven or eight years and I was an actor throughout that and it, crazy times. But um, I was working on a movie, I was doing stunts on a movie called RIPD and uh, it's got Ryan Reynolds in it. And we were talking about Deadpool on set and it was, no one knew who Deadpool was. It was before Deadpool was, was popular. So huh. there was a time not long ago that people didn't know Deadpool, which is just staggering yeah. to think about. So uh, on set, I was able to t talk about Deadpool to the guy that obviously was born to play him. And we <laughs> yeah. were talking at one point to Jeff Bridges. And so my brain was like, wait, I'm having a conversation with my dream cast, the guy that loves him even more than me, with the dude. And that moment was, was like life changing. And a few years later, I was living out in LA and the Screen Junkies guys reached out because they knew how much I knew Deadpool because I've been doing Marvel movie news. I did the show on this bite-sized network called Comic Sense that I like wrote, produced, edited. So I like was known a little bit for comic book stuff. Um, so Screen Junkies was like, hey, we don't know who Deadpool is. Will you do this show called Please Explain Deadpool? Where I literally explained who Deadpool was to Hal Rudnick for an hour. And That's it did so a million bad. views. And then within a week, people on the street were like, hey, you're the guy that blah, blah, blah. I agree with you and have a Deadpool. And I was like, wait, instant gratification about comic books? What? So I, um, 
I kind of shifted from an actor to a host in that moment from 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 the moment I was able to articulate my point with my words instead of someone else's words when I wasn't having to audition 42 times to say someone else's words. I love language and I love being verbose and I love the, the art of oration. And it's it's hard to do that in a system when you're, you know, trapped repeating yourself a lot. And I love live entertainment. So this I love acting still, but it's, it's, mm -hmm. you need to love it so much that you're willing to get told no for a living. And I just fell in love with hosting in a different way. So yeah. Deadpool from set to screen junkies to what I do for a living, like Deadpool is kind of the guiding light of that. That's so, so cool. Oh my gosh. And to think, cause yeah, I remember those days. Cause I am not like, I'm very familiar with Deadpool and I knew him before the movies came out and all that stuff. It's, it's kind of weird to think that Deadpool used to be this completely unknown and now it's, if you don't know who Deadpool is, what have you been doing for the last, like, five years, you know? <laughs> he was the guy that, like, comic fans knew, and when written poorly, they'd be like, ah, oh, there's so much potential. And then yep. he was, like, the niche. He was the underground. And then if you knew comics, you knew Deadpool, but it's like yep. he was not quite there. And then the movie, obviously, you know, changed cinema and comic books. Yeah. Um, but it's fascinating that it wasn't that long ago. Not at all. Oh, Not at all. I remember when that teaser trailer, trailer dropped before it was like officially announced and I was like, if this movie does not get made, I'm going to throw something at somebody because Ryan Reynolds was literally, as example, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. Ryan Reynolds is... 100%. Is Deadpool. Like, 100%. He, he was pushing that through the system for 11 years. I, so I, I believe it. Hiring screenwriters out there, 11 years of just nonstop vigilance, and then it changed things. But it takes time and effort and, and hustle. And I mean, I'm very thankful, but 11 years of obscurity is insane for something of that marketable <laughs> property. Crazy. That's insane. But it goes to show, just like you said earlier, is that if you just keep pushing, you keep trucking along, and you just keep doing your thing, eventually some greatness is going to happen. So. And here we are. <laughs> like all of Kevin Smith's credit card stories, like Clark's happy because he, he put everything on credit cards and hoped for the best. And now he's one of the great like auteur filmmakers. Like he does yep. so many things that are so bold and he self finances and he does like the road show he did for reboot was such mm -hmm. an inventive way to use the internet and grassroots marketing and make his movie his way. Like yep. there's so much to just the, the insane work ethic where it's not healthy per se, but it gets shit. <laughs> done and i and i it, think that's the that's the answer and as long hey as long as you're happy and you're healthy i mean which you for one yeah, are the, what are the oh my god oh my god no one's I, this happy look ah. at him but you are literally like i said like you are one of the brightest shining lights like you can't walk into a room and not be upset when koi jandrew is there like you just bring off this energy that's just so uh, it, like it just makes me happy look at him can, can we talk about spider cat real quick <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i think... keep adjusting camera for spidey but I think it's, worth it's fine i'm sure no one is complaining no one is upset that they get to see more of spidey <laughs> i think kind of to what you were saying about uh kevin smith it kind of comes down to like are you really working if it's something that you absolutely love doing exactly if, are you really working a day in your life if you're enjoying what you're doing? And I think that comes across with people like Kevin Smith and you. And I mean, you're busting your butt, but it's what you love doing. And that mm -hmm. it's the greatest thing you could ask for, really. Goals. 
goals. And, and I, <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the, the hyper, hyper positive perspective people have because it's, it's, it is work. And I think it's, it's interesting when burnout does happen, it's hard because since I've turned everything I love into my work, there's no refilling the cup necessarily. Like I don't watch TV unless I'm reviewing it. I don't watch movies unless I'm going to say something about them. So I don't, I, I read 70 ish comics a week and every single one of those is for work. So I don't have like wow. hobbies. I just have work on work. But I think as long as you have that perspective and every so often take a look back at what you've accomplished because of that, then it's okay. I, I went through like five years of, of depression off and on because I kept forgetting how great it was. I kept being like, if everything's work, nothing's work. And then everything's work again. And I was like, I'm not doing anything because I'm doing everything. And it was really unhealthy. And now I feel like the happiness isn't put on. I feel like there was a time when I was having to curate what I was saying. And now I just feel like I've found a, a groove in taking time for myself, reminding myself why I do what I do. And, and, and it's interacting with people the world over that reminds you like, this is all worth it. Even on, even on the 20th hour of a work day, like sometimes one conversation is like, oh, this is why it's all worth it. So yeah. I think positivity is, is the, it's 80%. It's like hydrating, but you still need to remember the 20% that's like the steak for you or to vegans, <laughs> like whatever, whatever the steak equivalent for all foods. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel's in the chat. Can you let us know what the vegan equivalent of a steak is, please? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those Look at those ears. Oh my God. Yes. Screenshot that please. Click, click. <laughs> but, um, so, but speaking of you being an actor and being in this, uh, this industry for so long with all these promos I'm seeing of you, all I have thought, and I'm sure there are multiple other people going, this guy is secretly auditioning for Oliver Queen. And he has been cast as the green arrow. And this is all the, see him punching that punching bag. That's his training. He just happens to be filming it for this promo. <laughs> <laughs> so can, so can, can we make this happen? <laughs> I actually, I've known Robbie, uh, Robbie Amell for a few years. Um, and, and I hadn't met Steven until recently. And Steven came on one of my shows over at Collider last year. And they were promoting a movie they did together. And I'd known Robbie long enough that I was like, mm -hmm. there was a decent amount of shorthand that it didn't feel weird to be like, hey, man, everyone says I look like Green Arrow. Can we talk about Green Arrow? <laughs> yeah. And talk about this? As he was wrapping up his tenure, but since it was like off camera and I wasn't trying to be like, hey, man, you're Green Arrow. It was really fun to have a casual conversation with someone that had literally worn those shoes. Yep. So we got to like bro out about the man that Oliver Queen was while he looks oh, like cool. Steven and I look like the comic him. And it was one of those really <laughs> surreal like, this is happening. Huh. <laughs> that is so rad because I can't tell you how many times I've seen you in your promos and I go, every single time I see him, you get more Oliver Queenish. Like the beard was coming out more and then I was seeing more mm -hmm. of the red. And I go, if this is, if, if Mike Kalinowski is Green Lantern, you are <laughs> Green Arrow. Like <laughs> if he's Hal Jordan, then you're Oliver Queen. <laughs> I wanted, down. like, I was enjoying the preposterous beard. My manager had other thoughts. Uh, we, <sighs> there's a, uh, the Emmys, like, for your consideration is, is a great honor. Uh, comic book mm -hmm. shopping is being considered for an Emmy. We found out tomorrow if we're nominated. But the, wow, the category so is cool. so stacked. And I was just, like, so flattered to be considered. Uh, like, truly, what the hell? Uh, so <laughs> I was like, I should probably look at least presentable. So the, uh, the, oh. the cartoon Oliver Queen beard had to be, uh, you know, oh. I, I just secretly cosplay instead of so shamelessly cosplay. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I, I definitely was enjoying the boxing and, and cartoon beard combo. Uh, boxing <laughs> is still every day, but now Oliver Queen has to be more subtle. 
Oh, that's okay. We can still appreciate the subtle Oliver Queen. It's all right. <laughs> you shave it off for a good reason. That's awesome, though. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. I, I couldn't believe the email, and I couldn't believe, like, seeing seeing something I was a, such a part of on the TV Academy's website when I admired that, you know, uh, group of people for so many years and all of the people that are in the category alongside me and, like, competing for something that means so much to me because it was my favorite show on Collider which was John's. It was something I watched over more than once. Like Collider Heroes, I enjoyed, but you know, you get the news and then it's it's not as evergreen. I used to rewatch John on comic book shopping. So when John brought me on Heroes, it was already like, he does comic book shopping. And then um, when, once Holly was, was approving of me doing comic book shopping and, and Collider asked me to do it, it was it was one of those, like, I, I felt like, you know, fucking Nightwing taking over, you know, for, in Bloodhaven for Batman. Like, I'd never Batman, but I got to be in Bloodhaven as Nightwing. Um, so doing the show my way and Collider being so supportive about me changing the format some and making it, like, a different format for questions and the comics and how all that was done. And then to be recognized for it after it being so daunting because of my love for it as a fan, it, it was just, it's been such a crazy year and, and I'm just so appreciative of people giving any shits schnepp would be proud oh thank you so much brian i think that's proud. a very true statement 100 yeah. but again it comes down to the the work ethic of you guys and putting in the time it's it's deserved at the end of the day yep everything you, you get everything that comes your way that emmy nomination that all these successful shows you're doing 100 deserved it couldn't be given to a more amazing I just, person. I just want to now be able to say Emmy nominated Koji Andrew. Emmy nominated. I find Koji out Andrew. tomorrow that asterisk is going to be fucking real on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> just, just from from now on, just your signatures at the end of emails. Emmy nominated Koji Andrew. Just oh, to- yeah, like if, if if the nominations official tomorrow, it'll be the most exhausting thing for anyone that knows me. Like it'll it will be talking and they'll be like, "All right, Koi, good to see you." No, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry, Emma nominated Koi. It's Emmy nominated. Just don't respond to anybody unless they say Emmy nominated before your name. Others you're like, "Excuse me, who?" It's like a <laughs> sir for Ian McKellen. Like I just I'm the worst. I'm like, no, no, no. Excuse me. I won't be that bad, but I'll think about it. <laughs> well, if we if we find out, then we are going to only promote this as the Emmy-nominated Corgi and Drew Schmodown interview. That's for damn sure. I, I very much appreciate that branding. I am not mad at it. But in, in, in uh, the comic book show, he does, we're, right now it's an officially an FYC show. The idea that a comic book show is for your consideration for an Emmy. So awesome. set From 20 years ago when they couldn't get these movies made to now where it's an you know, Emmy consideration, That that's... Even if I wasn't a part of it, I'd be so excited and, and being a part of it. And, you know, that, that, that show means the world to me. And it, by the way, people, for some reason, thought that show was canceled when Heroes was. It wasn't. So COVID happened. When the world's safe, we'll be making more comic book shopping. Um, <laughs> we even had our first guests lined up and, like, we were ready to shoot. And then the Rona. So we're like, <sighs> we're, we're pre-production was done. I had the comics pulled, the questions done. Like, it was ready. Oh, so that yeah. will be coming back when it's safe. Perfect. I can't wait for that. You let us know once that's going to look at that. It's the best. Cat. You let us know when that's coming back on and everything's back to normal and we will be watching every single episode because I've I actually have seen the Kevin Smith episode of that years ago. I saw it and 
I loved it, and I can't wait to see more episodes of that. Oh, here, Joe, we got another stream lab. Ooh, another stream labs. Uh, Hitman Hudson asked, "Is there any Spidey Cat merch?" There is not yet, but since oh. you asked, it is coming. Uh, oh, exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. This is the first time I've said it publicly. Uh, there will be Spidey Cat merchandise, and I've got a number of different format ideas. Uh, I just want to perfect it because he's my boy. Um, of course. But when Spidey Cat merch is available, I'm I'm very excited. Because uh, there's there's Koi Cast merch, my podcast. There's uh, mugs mm -hmm. and T-shirts, and mm -hmm. I love those because it's like. I collected Perfect. mugs and I like love like you know repping people I like so to see them in the wild is so surreal. But Spidey, <laughs> I can wear it and I can be like, "That's right, it's my boy." Like it's less That's weird mine. than my own face. <laughs> oh my god, he needs to be on the Corky Merckx's like logo next year. Yes, Just have him like strolling oh, like along the bottom. Just a yeah. Oh, that's good. I love that it. would be hilarious. <laughs> like Spidey, That's... the Merc himself, some like 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 a, a slogan, like <laughs> to be the murkiest is to be the quirkiest or something. Oh my god! Oh that my gosh, be... we have slogans now. I am obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. So I also okay. I want to thank you guys. Uh, you guys have been very like one of the managers of the year consideration and all that stuff, and I and I really appreciate because like by points. We are not doing as hot, but we also haven't played as much. So when you exactly. look at like, like our number of matches and versus points, it's really hard because so many people are like, this is what determines manager. And I'm like, but there's no. so no. much we're doing. So there's a lot. The, uh, of course, there's so much more to a manager than just earning points for your team. Well, and I mean, for me, the thing is, if you would have told anyone at the beginning of the year, that the real rejects would be carrying your team over Shazam. I think they would have said you're insane. And, but like at the same time, that's, that that's you for being able to see them and pick them out and know their value mm -hmm. compared to just, I mean, yes, there is no downplaying bibs in the kid. In the I'm so excited to see them in the singles tournament. But, and, and that's the beauty of it is I've been able to go like, Hey, I know this is coming so I can, yep. I can go over here and focus. Cause there's no one more excited to play than bibs and the kid. There's no oh, one oh, I bet. more about their slowdown. Like, 100%. Those guys are, are nipping. They're ready. They're chomping at the bit. So <laughs> when the time comes, I know that's good. And I know like warming them up is going to be a different thing. So it's been really nice to kind of like know how to play the equalizer, like the different people in the different parts of the team that I can kind of like play the levels of when, when they're going to come in. And now that we're in singles, them playing separately and then teams together, like the return of Sham is going to be really, really great. I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot wait for the return of Shazam and to see yeah. how your entire faction does in singles. And that's the thing, like singles hasn't happened yet. So we talked about this before the Star Wars tournament and before the IG tournament. Things can flip on its head in the span of a couple of weeks. Corruption was in second to last place, yeah. and now they're in second place because of two tournaments. Like, yeah, things can flip on their head. And so points, but at the end of the day, for me, points don't make manager of the year. To me personally, and I can just just seeing from just the brief clips that we have of you talking to your faction during their matches during the promos, just the way you talk to them is just it's yes, that's so, where I was gonna go. It's so reassuring, and you can just tell that you 
deeply care about these players and you want them to succeed. And if they don't, you're there for them anyway. And you are there to push them up and to like heighten them up. And I, we were talking about, um, we did on our show last night, we were talking about awards of the year so far, like, because we can't really, it's halfway through the year and we have no idea what's going to happen by the end. And we talked about, (laughs) we talked about managers of the year, which we brought you up. And I actually also talked about, uh, we managed their you and we talked about match of the year and I had brought up Greg Alba and Mike Kalinowski for me personally as one of my favorite matches of this year just because it was so enjoyable to watch as a fan and I mean he put fear my, into Mike he, I mean, there, you could tell Mike, Mike was scared like there you were sitting there going holy shit he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna pull this off like he's gonna knock out Mike it this early into the tournament. And I mean, you, your whole team is so, so well-rounded in the sense of like, you have great personalities too, because Mm -hmm. even though Greg lost, the first thing he did was start clapping for Mike. I know. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Incredulous about Turkish. Also, by the way, <laughs> Turkish Air is as good an answer as Turkish Airlines. Yes, so it is. Great. Like you should have, like nope. for me. No, I've seen Turkish Air written, which means it is the answer. I'm sure on some paperwork it's Turkish Airlines, but I guarantee if they own the name Turkish Airlines, they own the name Turkish Air. Oh, 100%. so it can easily be contested. Like when people were like, "Why didn't I challenge that?" I'm like, "Cause it was the answer." Like, it's, yeah. I, well, I, me and my <laughs> friends. Uh, me, Jake, and a couple of our other friends. I'm not kidding you. To this day, still have an argument that that is that, that of over that. One of our friends. There's five of us. One of our friends is like, no, he should have challenged it. The other four of us are like, no, no. like you, you don't under like we. To this day, <laughs> I probably not even a week ago we were arguing this. So like the fact that you brought that up just it, like sparked like a. I, Thank I stand you. by it. In the moment, it would okay. So, say I did challenge it. All it would have done was invalidate the excitement of the win, which was earned, and it would have made us look petty. It would have made the win less exciting. It would have stifled the entire experience, and it was the right answer. Yeah. So, yeah. like, there, there was I, I thought through the process of like, I guess lying, but like, <laughs> Turkish Air is like American Air, Delta Air. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. Exactly. And this is so why well. you're this is why you're contender for manager of the year right here. Ex- oh, here exhibit, look at that. exhibit 902. That's true. He is Greg he? is the only person to take Mike to the third round so far, including Alex. Oh, and IG in this tournament. See? Yeah. Look and you, and that match, all Greg wanted to do, he said he wanted to make him bleed. So we you know, quoting oh, yeah. he's quoted quoting BDS is the goal was just that. And instead he played like Rocky. You know, Rocky lost in the first one, and yep. he went all the way to the end. And it wasn't about winning. It was about competing. It was about going the distance. Greg's gone the distance with Killer Kalinowski. There's yep. no yes. way that he's not going to be back in the interview. There's no way after doing that no. performance. So he set out to do something. He did even better, and it was an entertaining match. Like, that that match, I'm honored to have been a part of it. It was uh, so not great to, to watch. this. Greg, I don't know if that was Greg or you, but <laughs> we died we laughing dying. when we did it. Like F- Full credit to Greg, but no one noticed that the next match, I was wearing a Fate of the Furious shirt for Greg Idris Elba. Uh, oh. So my shirt during that entire match is an official Fate of the Furious shirt. Because <laughs> oh I my gosh. Idris Elba. 
God, it's there's that's yeah. beautiful. There's details. Keep, keep your eye out, food. folks. Keep your eye out for those little Easter eggs because I'm oh, sure Brian, with you guys, there's a ton of them. <laughs> Brian made a good point too. This, so if there was ever a, a shit show of a match of just crazy personalities, it was this one. I this was so, Jill. I don't think you were even with us yet. No, 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 because no, I was I was in studio for this match. Yes, and true. I was in the studio for this match, and I remember John took off his mask and there was another of the same mask under it and i couldn't breathe i was dying i so hard oh my Jake god and I, I were like cramping from laughing just doing a reaction to it i can only imagine I, oh my gosh i literally turned to sean and i went wait wait was did that just like i my mind was blown it was the funniest thing i had ever seen in my life Oh my god! I cannot wait to have them back as a team and in studio and doing all those crazy antics again. So good. <laughs> I, I was losing it in rehearsal when when we were rehearsing the mix. We wanted to get the timing right because comedy is all timing. When we were rehearsing, perfect. I couldn't like perfect. be objective. I was just like, "This is the greatest." I have no <laughs> notes. Just do that over there. Like, do that again. <laughs> it was so funny, and it's but and. That's the thing with you guys. Everyone loves seeing you and seeing you compete, you and the Real Rejects and all of your team. And that's, I was actually going to say that with, yes, people were saying to challenge the Turkish air thing. The reason why they're saying that is because they wanted Greg Elba to stay in that tournament. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, why else would they be going, you should have challenged it. You should have challenged it. Yes. Inner Geekdom, you cannot have Inner Geekdom without Mike Kalinowski. But everyone wanted Greg Alba to stay in that tournament, and that and that's saying a lot. And I'm I'm so yep. flattered. Like I I think that we've really surprised a lot of people, and that's all I really wanted to do. Like I well, like winning. Winning's great. <laughs> it's the point in some ways, but it's not, not like at the cost of not enjoying the journey. Like mm -hmm. I I I don't particularly like participation ribbons, but I do like the concept of the journey, not the destination. So it's it's finding the fine line between like, hey, we're all having fun and like, why are we not just winning? And then that's that's what I want the quirky marks to feel is like, this is about the journey more than the destination. I want them to have a great time. I'd like them to win, but I'm not mad when they don't. And I'm not like, that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because mm -hmm. it's a it's a great sport. It's a great event. It's a great experience. And as long as the experience for them is good, then I've done my job. Well, I think I think in when you look at these teams and I will give credit to Jake because at the very beginning of the year, before we even had our first match, he picked you guys to win the whole thing. Um, you have arguably, when you think about it, the most well-rounded team. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt because I mean, you guys pretty much cover every base yeah. and I can't think of another team that really does it that well, because I mean, each one kind of seems to have like that little hole, including Finstock Their Their hole was IG. They didn't really have an IG player uh, outside of the barbarian. Emily was great, but like, I mean, she, it, it fell to what it is, but you guys literally kind of almost like hit every single star Wars. You had Scrimshaw. Scrimshaw. And, Which I everyone mean, is still. When Scrimsh, as soon as Scrimshaw got cut from that tournament, everyone went, "We need a losers bracket." Yeah, like because hundred percent because the fact that Joseph Scrimshaw was eliminated in round one was 
crazy. Off of a if perfect it was a double game. elimination. If it was a double elimination tournament, uh, there's no doubt in my mind we'd be we'd be uh, like oh yeah. I and that match was incredible. I I had internet issues because 2020. Um, but <laughs> I it was so nerve wracking to see that level of talent through like choppy internet and. At the same time, it was the only match that I felt like there was nothing I could have said or done after the, the the pre. Like, my managing was done the moment we started filming because it's like, well, that man knows more about Star Wars than George Lucas. Away we go. Yeah. I can <laughs> point him in the direction. He's like, the force is strong with me. You don't, you're good. Chill. Exactly. Like, so well-spoken, so smart, so kind. Scrimshaw is the per- perfect competitor. Like, I love that guy. And Bibiani, I actually, he tweeted about, so there was doing a Q&A, and he said, what's your, been your favorite match so far? And he said the Scrimshaw de Milanto one, because it didn't come down to who lost. It came down to who was more right. And, and that's uh, the media he, movie trivia. Yep. And that match was nuts. But, so, we need a loser's bracket for next year's Star Wars tournament. Just going to throw that out there yes. right now. That should happen. That's <laughs> fair. Um, but, so, I do have, talking about all this how you bring so much joy into the world and how just seeing you just makes everyone, I can't be sad when Koi Jandrew is around, like it's nearly impossible. Um, so you're very active on social media and being open and honest with fans about what's going on in your life, good or bad. Uh, do you think it's important? <laughs> but that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And do you think it's important for people to see struggles and successes that someone in your position goes through? Yeah. Um, I, I personally do because I, I lost some 2,000 followers uh, across various social media with Black Lives Matter because they do. And uh, I felt that it was way more important for me to be on the right side of history and say <laughs> fact than cower and say complicit pop culture <laughs> trivia. Um, I'm known for being positive and I'm known for being like comic books and movies and yay, but that doesn't fucking matter when lives are at stake. So, yep. uh, I think it's, it's our responsibility if we have a platform to use it when needed mm-hmm. in times of duress. Um, like I, I feel like there's a, a very tricky, this, this sounds like a name drop, but it just makes the story funnier. So I'm sorry <laughs> to all the people that think I name drop too much. Drop it. Uh, I was talking to Bruce Campbell. And when I was talking to Bruce Campbell, uh, he was telling me that he never talks about politics because it alienates half of his audience. And that's stuck in my head because just math, like, you know, you're right. And for a long time, I avoided politics because of that. But it's not acceptable when someone's suffering or hurt or in a position Mm -hmm. of, of being put under to be quiet, then it's not political, it's human. It's, 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 a, it's an actual, and that's just the current shit. Like, I think talking yeah, about mental health is important. I think talking mm-hmm. about like physical health is important. I think talking about like how I'm positive, because if I'm just like, look at me as a human smiley face, then you're like, well, that's fake. How does that help me? This fucking guy, like none of that really <laughs> matters. This fucking guy. So um, I think, I think if you have a platform using it as, as human, uh, becoming as human as you can really helps. And if you look at Hollywood, the the way we cast has changed. Like more and more people are playing themselves to an 11. More and more we want to see the human behind stuff. That's why behind the scenes is so interesting. That's why I like interviewing is I don't give a shit about sound bites. I hate scoops. I'm not trying to ruin someone's reputation. I'm not trying to get the thing that's going to get a fucking tweet. I want to know what makes the person 
tick and why their creative journey is different than everyone else's and what made them make that decision. And that doesn't come in a five minute soundbite. That doesn't come in an interview that's like yelling across a carpet that comes with getting to know a human. So my social media, I want to reflect that. If, I, if I'm expecting someone else to be fucking human, I, I need to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think if you have a platform, if you're using it to just be a shiny object, then you should get treated like one. Yeah, and then and just seeing how human you are is really inspiring, and that just makes me love you even more. Because when I see you, it's like I'm. I when I see you, it's like I know this person. I know their thoughts. I know their feelings. So it just makes you even more of uh, someone that these people can look up to. Like you're, it's someone like they can. Anyone can. I feel like anyone can just come up to you on the street, and you would have no hesitation just being like, "Hey, what's up? Let's have fun." And I feel like that has a lot to do with how, just how open you are. And thank you so much for doing that because I 100% agree. If you have the platform, just speak your voice. And it's it's just so inspirational because people want to see that. They don't want to have people just pretend like all this crazy stuff isn't happening because it is. And we've, we've always wondered how we'd act in these moments. And, and you know, and now my, my favorite movie is Fight Club. And I hope it's for the right reasons. Like a lot of people, a lot of college bros have that poster up and it gets a bad rap because of it. But um, Fight Club to so me true. represents, <laughs> like it's it's a movie that has the accidental worst PR campaign. So yep. true. I can like, name like three people. It's douchebags, but it's yeah. heart is fucking big. Yeah. Um, it's a movie about toxic masculinity. It's about a people without a pulse. It's a, it's a movie about a lost generation. It's a movie about... Uh, the human condition when not handled and nurtured. It's a movie about a hundred fucking things that aren't fighting. Fighting is the uh, is the is the catalyst that gets those points across. When you watch a war movie, you're not usually watching it for the war. You're watching it for the humans that are going to war and what human nature represents. Fight Club. The war is in a basement and it's between two men. It's a different thing. But that's another. That's an hour long dissertation. We won't go there. But my point is, Fight Club is a movie about a generation that doesn't exist um now because it the whole thing is that they're they're a generation without a great war without a great depression without like their their spiritual journey is their lives we're now living in a time that that generation didn't understand because we're going through this giant metamorphosis so how you're acting now is how the fuck you would have acted in nazi germany how the how you would have acted during martin luther king's marches like if you're not doing it now you know how you are like this is you so when I look at things like Fight Club and I wonder how, you know, that generation would have handled it, like, look at Twitter, look at how you're, like, being, look at your timeline and tell me how you're doing in history. Yeah. Like, this is now. This is, this history is now. This is going to be in history books. Like, so 100%, I could not have said it better myself, 100%. Um, so now, if you still have some more time, Koi, I do want to throw some questions over to the chat. So if anyone wants to throw over some questions for Emmy-nominated Koi Chandru. Um, <laughs> it just has a ring to it. It just it has just a perfect does. ring to it. It just does. It needs to happen. I can't wait till we change the like asterisk to like Emmy nominated. We'll edit it. We'll edit it. Yeah. It'll be Emmy nominated, Koi Jandrew. So if there's any questions in the chat, feel free to drop them. We will get through as many as we can. Um, oh, here we got a nice little compliment for you there uh, from commentatoring nerd. Well, you get got out of Greg Alba and John Humphrey and IG was outstanding considering what you had to deal with going into that tournament as well. I mean, we've hit the the hammer on the head or nail on the head with uh, <laughs> the hammer on the head. Yeah, I was like, no, that doesn't work. 
with two hammers. <laughs> yeah. Two hammers. <laughs> uh, but I mean, real rejects possibly looking at this year the steal of the draft. I mean, yeah. They uh, other maybe next to Ace. Uh, I, I I'm hard pressed. I mean, like I said, a chunk of your points come from them. And they're beating good people too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we haven't gotten any like matches that are comfort. Like our, yeah. our no. <laughs> and the singles tourney is gonna be just as crazy. And I'm ready for people to be like, you know who's the steal of the draft? Shazam. You know who's the steal of the draft? Perry. You know who's the steal of the draft? Tim Franco. Like, I'm so excited for my singles because they're all just beasts. Like I I I appreciate the well-rounded compliments. I I agree. This this faction is is the dream. I mean, I I can't wait till the tourney starts. So excited. So excited to see like a kind of a revenge story between, I believe Perry is facing Kalinowski, I believe, correct? God, that is going to be a match for the ages. I'm so excited for that one. It's some sort of weird karma for me beating Mike that one time, you know? It's just like everyone in my faction has got to take on. Now you just got to take on Kalinowski. But can you imagine (laughs) if she takes him out first round of the singles tournament? That would be insane. People <laughs> would blow their lids just like, oh. It, We've already made them bleed in IG. Let's see. I know. Let's let's see what Hit happens. Hit the nail on happen. Uh, yeah. And then you got Rachel. I love you all. But <laughs> run to study. Yes. We were talking the other day, and she – she desperately uh, wants you on that show. So oh, if you're, yeah, she sent me. I so I have a Facebook Messenger on my on my phone. The actual app is corrupted. So like I have to physically go on a computer to go on Messenger. Oh. Who does that? So she sent me a message, and I'm the worst. I haven't gotten back to her because I haven't logged on to Facebook because it's like the evil social network. Um, so yeah. Rachel, yes, one of these days I will log into the, the the social media that's ruining this country in order to send you a message, and we will schedule it. I this is a, another number 95 while you need a calendar assistant person. <laughs> so I'm going to check your Facebook message. Heidi can only do so much. I know. <laughs> All right. So here are a couple of our questions coming in. Uh, we've got one, two, three, Narnia. What is your favorite match of all time in the Schmodown? If you have one. <laughs> um, you beating Kalinowski. That's your favorite. I mean, that's got to be up there. Uh, and, and when you ask me this in September, it's going to be Jericho Smith. Um, That's true. Yep. God, if that goes to overtime, oh, I'm, oh. I'm so excited. Uh, We're all excited. <laughs> I mean, I I love the Shire Wolves era, but there's yeah. so many, like either Rachel Kalinowski two, mm-hmm. or Mara and. Like, there's three Amara matches jumping in my head. There's two Rachel matches. There's most of the Shire Wolves. Like, what was that, 2018? I yeah, think. yes, yes. But that season is my favorite match. <laughs> Just all collectively. <laughs> I mean, that's I love, fair. I'll allow it. Answer, but like, I love I'll allow it. Rachel play. Oh, you know what? I have a singular match. So that is my my cheat of an answer because it's so all-encompassing. My favorite match of all time is Sam Whitmer versus Ken Nabzok. Ooh. That's... For the, the Iron Man, the Star Wars Iron Man match? I was there in person, and I didn't know Ken that well, but I'd known Sam for years. And I didn't know Sam was that. Like, I knew oh, yeah. Wars, and I but heard not... Boogeyman Ken. But then watching it in person, I was like, 
yo, yo, my boy, what? And then I got to know Ken from it. And also, like, that match itself was, like, speed. So good. It was crazy. So good. I had to watch it, that match, at least four or five times helping Sean study for Star Wars. And I was so excited to put that match on every single time just because it is so incredibly good. They uh, both know more about Star Wars than I know about myself. Like, it was insane uh, to yeah. watch. Like, they were yeah. <laughs> Easily. Uh, you don't have to reveal secrets, but what team does Koi want to have in the team's tournament? I'll say so you don't have to, if you don't want to reveal it, do you have an idea of who you are leaning towards? So you don't have to reveal secrets. I have an idea, but it's not defined because I have so many teams that I'm proud of. So I have an idea, okay. but I would not be able to gun to my head tell you right now. That's fair. Uh, I'll accept it. Here we go. Oh my God. Are you aware of Shmominati at right now? Well, I'm aware. And uh, okay. I feel like if I acknowledge it, either confirming or denying or even acknowledging it exists is uh, inappropriate. So fair enough. <laughs> oh, here's a good one for you. This is actually a question I would like to know. What is Koi's Ooh. favorite panel at Comic Con at home? I'll even go. What is your favorite panel? I want to know what you've favorite that you've been a part of or gotten to be around, watch. My favorite one from this year was uh, the Constantine 15 year panel. Because mm. Keanu is an angel. Who, how life. can you not like Keanu? Mm. Keanu is literally like, just a, a god incarnate. He is like pristine and you just can't not love Keanu Reeves. He sets the bar on what it means to be a good human. Yes. Him and Spike. Yes. Um, yes, of course. <laughs> I think my favorite, I was at the, the phase four announcement, like a few rows from the, the stage. Oh um, my God. And, uh, that was an honor amongst honors. I So I, um, the LCAP does the big screenings for, you know, Marvel. Yeah. Like, uh, I got to introduce a number of the, the films for the leading up to Endgame. So I, I was presenting Sweet. the movies for the Russo brothers and Marvel and stuff uh, as, as at the, on the LCAP stage. Um, oh, that's awesome. It was crazy. Like, the green room had, like, a place to sleep. Um, it was <gasps> oh, well, because it's like, you were there for, like, 20-something hours, right? Holy oh, my God. Uh, but I felt real fancy because the LCAP is one of those places that I've always had oh, yeah. reverence for. So to be in a place that like you could sleep in the LCAP was like just an honor on honors. Um, just being able to say, yeah. yeah, just being able to say, oh yeah, I slept at the LCAP. Like that's, you know, it's pretty rad. Fancy. It is really fancy. So, uh, <laughs> I, I basically did uh, introductions for a bunch of the films. And one of them I, I needed to do, uh, this is spoilers for Endgame, which came out a year plus ago. <laughs> yeah. <my son>. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, I introduced Thor Dark World, which a lot of people see as the worst of the, the, the MCU films. And I'd say it's in the lower, but I wouldn't say any of them are unwatchable. So I had yeah. to introduce Thor Dark World. Thor Dark World is around Winter Soldier, Guardians, Thor Dark World, Iron Man 3. Like, it's, it's, so I needed to get people excited because, spoilers for Endgame, it's vital. Yeah. yeah. Endgame, because yeah, of all the family dynamics and all the stuff with Rene Russo. So yep. I um, I basically came out and I described how important family is to Thor and how without Dark World, we wouldn't have gotten Ragnarok and how all of those mm -hmm. things. And I introduced it so much so that people were waking up. At, it, this is the 2 a.m. screening. People were waking nice. up and they had planned to nap through Thor to watch the movie. 
So word got back to the Russos that I had done such a good job introducing it that by the time they got there, we had a whole conversation. They knew who I was. And I was like, I said, <laughs> so <laughs> cut to Comic-Con uh, Comic and I, I'm on the, the Russos list to get into Hall H. Um, so I, I don't have to wait in line. I get to go into Hall H. And as someone who's been obsessed with Comic-Con since I knew what Comic-Con was, yeah. it was like it was like being knighted. Like I was suddenly like, I'm allowed to just go in there. <laughs> I, because I, like, I don't like, have to camp out for 23 hours. I could just waltz on in. Guys, I didn't get here in June. You know, I just walked up, right? Like this is Mars. Just rolled in. So, so the Russos are, are some of the most consistent, like they're as good of people as they are of filmmakers. And they wanted to make sure that I got to cover the panel for Collider well wow. and allowed that to occur. Um, so one of my great memories was feeling like all of my work kind of paid off because I, I got to do my job so well that I was rewarded by doing my job well again. And I think wow. that's why like I appreciate my work is because it, like the better you do, the levels happen. And that was one of those like rare times where it felt tangible. Usually it's like at the end of the year, you're like, okay, I paid rent. I did. <laughs> and that was like, oh, cool. Like it was so that panel means the world to me because it, it was not only life changing in the experience, but it was really validating to, to, to see that, you Absolutely. know, sometimes this all works out. That's, yeah. I think that's a bunch of nerd life goals is to just be able to casually stroll into hall H. Like, yeah. Wow. And then I got to talk with so many of the actors about phase four. Now that we announced, I got to actually, <laughs> so I won't, I won't go into those stories, but know that every single person in the MCU is cooler than you think they are. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm hating uh, you. Yeah, so that is the coolest it, story. It was, it was surreal. It was rad. And like Kevin, uh, Kevin Feige and I like had a great, like the picture I posted on Instagram after, after Comic-Con, we had like a good 45 minute hour conversation. Like we had a talk talk. Wow. Um, cause he's been wanting to talk about phase four forever. Cause the man thinks in 10 year chunks. So I think he was excited to talk to someone as excited. Like I just received all of that and I got to be like, and, and it was Let's really, talk cool. about it. Gave, yeah. Like he gave all the shits and he could finally like the secret, like he took the hat <laughs> off and like revealed. Um, so it was, it was rad. And I got a black widow hat and he had a black widow hat on. And I was like, oh. um, so, uh, so yeah, talking to Kevin about phase four after being in that room and like that, like. There, there are some moments you'll remember the rest of your life, and I got to talk with him about Mahashala Ali's blade when the oh. news was only like an hour old. Oh my god! That, oh my god! I can only imagine. Wow. Just wow, 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 wow! Another, wow. another crazy. It wasn't a panel. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm running this story. No, no you're fine. I'm like, uh, by, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you more. right now. I'm like. <laughs> Cause I went, I was, me and Jake were there at Comic-Con for the first time last year. So like we got to like walk in and then like you're behind the veil. So I'm like, get, give it. I know, I my, little, my little nerd heart and I was like, tell me more. I want to know more. <laughs> I thought, I just saw the doors to Hall H and I was like. There it is. There, there it is. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was walking the floor at Comic-Con last year and the Jake Gyllenhaal episode had come out like three weeks earlier. And Jake's been my favorite actor since I was a kid. But since I was an actor boy first, I actually like, I was able to be, okay, Jake Gyllenhaal, you got this, it's fine. And like, I kept my shit together. Um, <laughs> jarringly handsome man, wasn't he? Um, yeah. So 
he and he's also like he's one of the best listeners I've ever spoken with because he's really actually invested in why you're invested. Like he actually that's why he's such an actor. He's such a he's such a human studier. Um, he wanted to that I love comics so much, so much so that it made him love comics more and it became this Ouroboros of hype. Wow. So Jake yeah. is like such a sponge of excitement and like his process is fascinating because he sees the world. The reason I like hosting is I've always seen it as every single action I take leads to the next thing. It's way more like real life. If I stub my toe and I'm limping and I don't get hit by a car, I'm so glad I stubbed my toe. So everything I eat or read or watch affects my hosting because it changes my perspective of the entire world. That's how Jake sees every single one of his roles. So wow. we're talking about, like, we're talking about Southpaw as it relates to Donnie Darko, as the Nightcrawler, as it relates to Mysterio, as it relates to... So we're having wow. these incredible conversations, and, and, and it was amazing. The point of that version of the story that leads to this is I was able to do that and keep my shit together, which was not easy because he's one of my heroes. Um, yeah. And he actually knew who I was because I auditioned for a movie that he was, like... One of his movies I auditioned for, and he'd seen my tape, so we knew he knew Koi, and it was very surreal. Um, so that's really cool. amazing. <laughs> uh, so, so that all went well. That was all positive. I'm walking the floor at Comic Con, and Tom King comes up to me and thanks me for showing Jake Mr. Miracle. And I forget the English language. I forget who I am. I, I forget. Oh I forget gosh. what Mr. Miracle is. I, I like Tom King is is such a hero of mine. His brain works in such a great way. His his way of shaping worlds is so fascinating. So Tom King is thanking me for that episode. So that wow. one, my brain had to acknowledge he knew who I was. Then I had to acknowledge he'd seen it. Then I had to acknowledge he, he knew my face. Like, I was just like, and then what is Frank Miller comes over to talk to Tom King. And Tom's like, hey, Coy, have you met Frank? And I was like... <laughs> So now I'm talking to Frank Miller and Tom King about Batman and about the differences between Superman in film and in comics and how the character translates. 30 minutes go by and I'm just trying not to swallow my own tongue. And then uh, Williamson comes over who's writing The Flash at the time. So now we're talking about The Flash and it's Batman and Superman. And this all is people that had somehow known the show I was working on. Frank knew comic book shopping because he did an episode with John. So even Frank frickin' Miller knew of the show and then Williamson knew my shit. And it was one of the most like, oh. And I, I Comic-Con, only at Comic-Con could that happen. And Comic-Con yep. is so important because it, it's, everyone's a weirdo, so no one's weird. And it was so magical and I had such a great time. And yeah, Comic-Con means the world to me. So I, I think that answered 82 questions. I apologize for- Oh my gosh. No. I can I can hear you talk about Comic-Con I, Seriously. Like, I Absolute please, same. Please continue talking about comedy. It, it is my absolute favorite. <laughs> so I say we end it on this because I would love to know uh, that. What is your favorite comic book film? I know, right? It's like, <laughs> what's your fa who's your favorite child? <laughs> like, which, no. which, which is your favorite child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what's your favorite flavor? Like, um. <laughs> okay. How about I'll get I'll I'll allow like a top five if you need or three if that winter soldiers okay guardians dark knight <laughs> blade oh oh 
See, this is where because like now I know there's like there's only like you know 180 movies left, and I have one more. <laughs> Gotta pick one more. <laughs> and I I I want to be a hipster and say like Road to Perfection, but that wouldn't be true because I don't really watch those as much. But I think we need to give love to comic book movies that aren't as like you know what I mean. But like. That's a lie, so I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> and we learned at the beginning of the show that you were a terrible liar, so it's, we can't do the lying. <laughs> I'm not, I'll just be like, I enjoy Lone Wolf and Cub as the <laughs> tradition. Like, um, okay, and then for a final one, okay, this is going to sound uh, like it's just a branding thing, but I think that the best love story in comics, and I'm a sucker for romance, is Deadpool, so Deadpool. Um, I think the movie that accomplished humanity in a real way and accomplished what it means to be in love and how weird we are in love and but, how, you know, superhero hijinks would be in that kind of world. There you go. 100%. Okay. But I, it's not I for do, the reasons people think. It's the same thing as Fight Club. It's not for the reasons <laughs> I do appreciate so that us asking you what your favorite comic book film was brought actual pain to your face, how you had to choose. <laughs> Actual agony. The, the suffering. The suffering. I mean, the first comic movie to incorporate pegging is going to have a special place in my heart. And I love it. So anytime well, we got, you know, Female Empowerment Day on the calendar with pegging and Ryan Reynolds and Marina Thockerin, I am going to be, you got my money. Well, look, I, would, I would say you have to be on board with him, uh, with Deadpool doing a Kills the Fox universe, Marvel verse, right? It's my pitch, man. I've been doing okay, that yeah. two and a half years. I, I yeah. It's it's too perfect not to happen. It's it literally like, continuity. It eliminates Aaron Cannon. It gets actors back in roles they would never play otherwise. It gets fan service moments. It gets Deadpool in the proper universe. It gets rid of lots of lawyer problems with Fox. It solves a box office issue. It allows for a completely new canon with both McAvoy and Fassbender existing regularly. It allows for a soft reboot with X-Men in the new Marvel universe. It allows the right... like. I'll keep counting for you. It's too I, perfect. <laughs> you you clearly had this written down somewhere to come fingers, up with. We'll you're go. running out of fingers. <laughs> Explain. I, I think I did it on a movie fight, like back when that was like I was on that like weekly, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. And then I have Rob get so excited about it recently when I interviewed Rob. Like I it it just it literally solves as many problems as it presents fun new ideas, and that's when yeah. a movie magic can happen. Like mm -hmm. The idea of Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan as Human Torch getting killed by Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. The idea of Nick Cage coming back as Ghost Rider. Like, there's just so perfection. much. Perfection. There's too much. <laughs> Jennifer Garner as Electra for a scene. Like, yes, yes. Let's make it happen. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Well, I do appreciate how this interview started with Schmodown to Kevin Smith to the joy of Comic Con to pegging. So this has been quite the. Uh, <laughs> Branding. Branding. <laughs> Branding. So I want to thank you so much, Koi, for joining us. This has been such a blast. It's, we usually don't do shows on Mondays, but we had to make this happen. And I'm so glad that we did. Thank you oh, for God. fitting us into your crazy busy schedule. I'm um, so glad not thank you so enough. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So much fun. And I you have anything you want to promote. Yes. Anything you want to promote or plug or. Do it. Um, this is okay, our so this is the shameless plug hour, so go for it. 
uh, I do an <laughs> audio show called Koi Cast. It, it, it drops on Wednesdays. It's comics, it's movies, it's some real world stuff. Uh, I do a video show usually on Tuesdays called Koi Cubed. It's on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube. And uh, I have a Patreon where I have I have more categories than one should. People said I did too much, and I probably did, but I really like to, to be immersed. Um, I review movies for people that, that want to show me stuff that they enjoy, and I do, like, deep dives into every interview and, like, read the source material and I watch the movie and I take notes and I'm a crazy person and uh I do uh, there's a discord there's a, a podcast that's only for patrons I rate and review every single comic I read I rate and review every wow. single movie I watch uh I tend not to like idle hands so uh patreon is a is a dangerous pocket for me to find and I did uh so yeah <laughs> podcast youtube patreon I don't like free time and I love the internet because when used correctly, it is the great equalizer where we're all the same, mm -hmm. we're all connected, and that feels great. So uh, I appreciate you having me on your internet. Of course. Well, so glad to have you join us, and it's been such and an Spidey honor. Cat's Instagram. And so, Spidey Cat has an Instagram. Don't forget Spidey Cat's Instagram. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough, and thank you to everyone for watching. And Brian, where can everybody find you at? Uh, at Biavalcino on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jillian Marie, Jillian Marie on Instagram and Twitter, two Y's, two E's. Come hang out, come chat. We're here. We have, I think we have a we have our collaboration show on Thursday with Let's Get Ready to Talk Schmodown. That is going to be a party. Make sure you grab some drinks because it's going to be wild. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be wild. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Koi, once again. This has been an absolute pleasure, and I hope you can join us again soon. This has been amazing. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I had a great time, guys. Thank you Perfect. for being of very uh, gracious hosts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone watching. We will see you guys soon.